What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 169, and today we're going to have a jerk fest. Well, at least one of us, maybe. (laughs) We'll have a jerk fest about the movie that just came out in theaters and was in the festivals last year, technically. Color Out of Space by Richard Stanley, starring Nicolas Cage. There's a lot to talk about here, guys, because <laughs> I cannot hold my excitement back. And so that's a good sign. I hope you'll stick around to listen to me uh, ramble ramble on about it. But there's some really good trivia that we have. There's like all kinds of different things that I looked into about Lovecraft pertaining to the color out of space, which this is story. The, the short story that he wrote. Um, and it was with a U because it's got that whole old English thing, you know, the color order. Oh, they, they do, do that, that in, again. They do that in uh in the UK. Uh-huh. Like they put a U on color. In the US, we only do C O L O R. Why is it? I don't pro- know. Is it pronunciation? <laughs> Technically, um, or- that's the 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 way it was spelled. It's just an older version. Oh, and then we dumbed it down and just took away the U. Yeah, pretty Makes much. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, guys, we were going to have an episode last week, so we're sorry we, we weren't able to do that. Uh, we actually went to Vegas and everything like that. We came back before the weekend was over and we're all ready to like sit down and like tell you all the fun things that we did just to talk about Vegas and our little trip that we had. And the mixer took a shit. So what you're listening to now is actually the new mixer. And I think it sounds pretty goddamn good. Sounds nice. It's like you guys like I know this is like stuff you don't give a shit about. But I literally had to turn Christina's mic down halfway just to have her evenly with me. So now this actually works like it's supposed to. And it has compression on it, which I'm even more excited. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about, Alex? Just get on with the show. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, we had fun, right? We did. We had a lot of fun. I can't wait to go back. Tell them why you wanted to go to Vegas and like... Well, I wanted to go to Vegas to go to the Haunted Museum because you had been and I had not. You actually did an episode on the first first time you went. With Brittany, yeah. Yeah, we went to go see that. I also wanted to see the Tim Burton exhibition. Even though I'm not like a huge fan, but I knew it was kind of like a once in a lifetime thing, even though... Which we thought was a little pricey for what we got. It was cool. We had a good time. 
time. I actually thought the neon museum part of it was better than the- Yeah, and definitely go at night. Yeah, because we went during the day. Which we, we just didn't think everything was going to be outside. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been there before, so well, I Well, it's no okay, because the next time we'll go, we'll go at night. Yeah. So Well, they're going to be having though. a new uh, exhibit across the road from their place that's like a permanent mainstay for, for fucking- For Tim Burton. Yeah, so- For so- it's been it so be successful, like... And there'll be more things in the, when it's in the permanent building. Which, you know what that means. <laughs> more money. Yeah. <laughs> because they know, they're like, they're like, wow, this was actually way more successful than we expected. Right. Uh, but no, we had a really good time. Yeah. You love nice. Did so, you love the, the haunted museum? I did. Do you want to tell them it, about one of your experiences? No, I don't. Come on. No, Why do you always get on, scared? A, I'm not scared. It's just it's a personal thing. I don't need no. I don't I don't want to talk about it. She had an experience inside the haunted museum, guys. And if you want to hear about it, you can hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. She doesn't like talking about it because she feels like it's gonna start spirits like up in her house or well, something. Well, no, not just that. I, I people don't believe you. So I don't want to oh, talk yeah. about it. And have to be like proving myself. Oh, they're one of those I... people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, we're we're one of those people because we had an experience. <laughs> when you haven't, you're one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking asshole stuff. But like... I didn't even when it happened when we were there. I didn't even call it out to like let people know what happened because you know it's personal. Right. It is. It's a personal thing. I it's... understand. It's fine. I'm For just me, giving I, you I'm shit. I'm not gonna share it with the you know everybody. Yeah. Why so not? Share it as extra content for everybody that's listening now. Nobody cares. Who desperately wants to fucking know. Nobody cares. Everybody, <laughs> get in the comment section and, and tag Christina and or fucking say whatever you need to get her to fucking talk about it because it was pretty interesting. Uh, anyway, um, so we did go to another place out there. Um, I don't know why we got the idea to go. I think it was because your friend. It's because a friend of mine said it was her yeah. first time going to this place. To Vegas. Which, to, well, not to Vegas. To this place in Vegas, which was a dispensary. Called and, Planet 13. Yeah, shout out. And we'd never been there before. And I don't, ju- I gotta say, I don't. She doesn't partake. I don't partake. But it was an amazing experience to go and see like how this particular dispensary operated. Oh, yeah. On, on a business level. It was really cool. And guys, this was like... If you've ever been to a jewelry store, you know, they have like the displays on the right, displays on the left, and then like two displays in the middle. And then there's one display all the way in the back, usually because it's like a jewelry store or whatever. Um, this had like four times that it maybe even five times as big. They had like 50 registers and like you had to touch your finger on the pad and type in your information. They would let you know when you would come. And then if you had questions when you went up there, they would help you with it so we went and like i was like holy shit they had like a fucking a bar a fucking food place a to restaurant eat at. a coffee Shop. place and then if you walked more all the way in the back you could watch them make the edibles yeah which was which, really cool yeah, but we good. didn't get to see it no they were like just done for the day but right. i guess they're building a whole hotel and casino and all that stuff yeah so we'll be going to that yeah because <laughs> like guys like i don't normally i used to smoke a fuck ton when i was like a kid and like all the way up until my 20s and everything like that. And, you know, I sporadically on and off would do it as well. But I stopped because it would make me have 
like anxiety and make me feel weird. She doesn't even like, she wouldn't even like me on it. Oh, right. She would be like, ugh, I don't like you on it. You're just weird. Right. Cause yeah, in the past. Um, but I have been kind of toying with the idea because, you know, my liver wasn't always is, has not been the greatest. And so I can't, I drink still, but not nearly as much as I used to. And so I've been looking for other alternatives for like anxiety and stuff, which I'm not embarrassed to admit, admit anymore. Like, fuck it. Like I have anxiety and I took, we bought some gummies guys and the guy was like, yeah, we'll just take one. So I took one. <laughs> we got like 10 of them, by the way, for like 40 bucks. It was like 38 bucks. And like, I took one and I started tripping the fuck out. I was like, okay, I think we need to go back to the hotel room, Christina. And I think you even have a video of when we're walking down the hall. Yeah. I and do. I was whispering. I felt like outside of myself when we were doing that. But then the next day, I took half and we went down and played slots. And she didn't even want to. She was like, oh, let's just go. Let's just go. And I was like, well, let's just play a couple, you know, like I was like, and I was like, oh, look, Christina, the pumpkin one. It's like a Halloween one. Which one of these should I play? <laughs> so she picked the one that I should play out of the four on the right. And I won 840 fucking dollars off a, a dollar and 80 fucking bet. And That's pretty good. Yeah, we were fucking happy. Yeah. And the fucking pot kicked in shortly after that. <laughs> And then you were like, amazing. That was the best fucking day, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> then we ended up giving our uh, stuff to one of our Uber drivers. Because, like, I can't take the shit on the plane. Right. You know, all the gummies and stuff. And I didn't want to waste it. And so we gave it to her. And she was like, all right, I'll take that. <laughs> That's fun. And we had a really good time, though, guys. So, and, and Yeah, we did. That to me was like one of the best times I've had in a very, very, very long time. I think that was the first trip we've taken together where it was just the two of us. Right. Two. It was yeah. the very first one and it was very nice. Yeah. I just thought it'd be fun to share it with you guys because we really had a fucking blast. We're probably going to go back out and do it more often now because... Yeah, because it is affordable for us. Yeah. We're so close. Well, especially when you just win $840 yeah. and just yeah, pay for just, the trip. You need to do that every time, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Next time, I'll fucking lose $840. But anyway, guys, I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots! All right, guys. So now we're going to go ahead and jump into our shot, which is, of course, themed around the movie Color Out of Space by Richard Stanley. <laughs> which uh i gotta give a shout out to sarah i can't say, i don't know if i should say her last name Fivera. sarah Fivera. she's a, a good friend and a listener of the podcast and uh, she came up with a suggestion while we were struggling with a name uh for this shot and so i took her name which is alpaca milk and added a different ingredient replaced one with another and then came up with this shot that i think should uh, suffice so <laughs> what is in an alpaca milk and why are we saying alpaca well if you haven't seen the movie then you should go see it and uh, find out <laughs> but you're gonna put in one part 99 apples one part 99 cherries one part coconut liqueur, so the cloudier stuff, if you could find it. And then one part sweet revenge strawberry whiskey, which you should be able to pick up at your stores anywhere you can find it. It's pretty popular, I guess. 
At least it was at our stores. So basically, that's just to give it that pink, magenta, purple kind of hue that the color out of space uses in abundance in this movie. <laughs> and then one part tonic water, which will make this glow under the black light. And the the magenta color with it should make it look like the color out of space. So you kick off the lights, flip on the black light and say, these are all packers. <laughs> and shoot. <laughs> that sounds absolutely disgusting. I think it'll be good, but have you ever had alpaca milk? I bet you it tastes a lot better than that. I have, I have not. Have you? Yeah, I've sucked on a few alpaca teats. <laughs> <Titties>. <laughs> once you get it going, you know, it's really, they don't have a lot of milk, but once you get it going, Got it just it. flows. <laughs> Anyway, if you guys would like to try an alpaca milk from the movie Color Out of Space, then all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shots section. Now, that's it for horror shots. All right, guys, the moment you've all been waiting for. We're going to jump into our spoiler-free review of our flesh and potatoes right now. As I mentioned, this is spoiler free, so don't worry. We will give you plenty of warning before we get into the spoiler section, because honestly, you really need to see this in the theaters for multiple reasons. And I'll get into that more when I talk about my little piece. But Christina. Hi. <laughs> she's got all our facts and she, well, not facts, just all of our deets. I got the rundown. I yeah. got the rundown. Drop them deets, girl. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Color of. Color out of space. Just At, came out in 2019, by the way. Oh, 2019. Technically. 2020. Can we do 2019 slash 2020? I don't know. Whatever. It's out. Go see it. <laughs> okay. After a meteorite lands in the front yard of their farm, the gardeners find themselves battling a mutant extraterrestrial organism as it infects their minds and bodies, transforming their quiet rural life into a technicolored nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> directed by Richard Stanley, Woo! who has directed Hardware, Dust Devil from 1992. And he kind of directed The Island of Dr. Moreau, which he was fired from. Which you can watch an amazing documentary on called Lost Souls. Look that up. It's all about that whole situation. Super interesting. All right. It was written, of course, by H.P. Lovecraft and then Richard Stanley and Scarlett Amorous. Mostly, I think, is Richard, but yeah, she right. did definitely help out. For she sure. is credited for it, and yeah. and there was nothing else she's really done. So it's probably just someone he's close to. He trusts. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. All right. So starring Nicolas Cage. Everybody knows who Nicolas Cage is. What is your favorite Nicolas Cage movie? <laughs> I mean, there's too many. Like, well, like after, top. like we watched Raising Arizona the other day. That's a great one. Wild at Heart. Uh, oh yeah, Wild at I Heart. I fucking love Wild at Heart. Um, I what? Go ahead. Oh, I liked him in Mom and Dad. Mandy I loved Mom and Dad. Mandy. Yeah, yeah. You okay. didn't like that one as much. No, though. I didn't. Okay. All right. Also starring Jolie Richardson. She plays the mom. 
Uh, I recognize her from Nip Tuck. She was oh. she was one of the main characters in that show. She was also in Event Horizon from 1997. <gasps> yeah, that's where I recognized her. Oh my god, I yeah. didn't even realize that. Um, she was also in the remake for the girl with the dragon tattoo, mm. and she also had another movie come out this weekend that she was in, which was The Turning, which we haven't seen yet. But good God, it's to. like her fucking whole thing. Yeah, it's good. It's good for Get her. Get a girl. She's a good actress. Get a girl. <laughs> She's coming back, man. Hey, Event Horizon was fun. <laughs> All right, Mandeline Ar- Arthur. She plays Lavinia, the daughter. Uh, she was in Big Eyes, the Tim Burton movie from 2014. Um, she's done a lot of TV shows, and she's also going to be in the upcoming uh, TV series of Snowpiercer. Okay. So watch out for that. Um, somebody we really, really, really need to watch out for is Julian Hillard. He plays Jack, the younger brother. The, mm-hmm. the little with, kid. With glasses, and you probably recognize him from the, the Haunting of Hill House, the TV show on Netflix. Yeah. And then he's also going to be in the Conjuring 3 movie, The Devil Made Us do it made me do it and he's also going to be in the the upcoming uh season of penny dreadful right and we got some really cool um like trivia on that by by the way him as an actor right yeah he's gonna be a guy to watch out for yeah um elliot knight who plays ward the hydrologist 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 (laughs) (laughs) well they kept saying it like that too so pretty much that's pretty apropos what we just did right that exchange he's mostly done just tv work he was an american gothic the tv show and also once upon a time Mm -hmm. all right brendan meyer who plays the older brother benny Mm -hmm. uh he was in fear the walking dead flight 462 and then he would did you know he was in the oa he was just yes and he looks like he's not aged a fucking year right since then right like i was like dude he looks exactly like he did he probably gave his soul to satan or something <laughs> he went through the oa <laughs> dub stepping um and then i do gotta mention the cameo from tommy chong from oh, Cheech yeah. and Chong, he's he does a really hilarious role in this. And then I also read that Cheech, he's trying to get a horror movie made of Cheech and Chong. So, yes, I just that just came out today, I think, yeah. or yesterday. Yeah, yeah. so, that'd so be cool I'd be down see. for that. I think that would be fun. Yeah, he's been in a lot of horror movies like Bong of the Dead and all kinds of different stuff. But this is actually a pretty decent role for him. Yeah, yeah. Like this is a legit role. Right. And and his part was kind of creepy. It was kind of creepy. He did good. He yeah. Did. All right, budget for this movie was $12 million. Surprisingly low. Yeah. yeah, they did a really good, good job. But anyway, what did you think of this movie, Alex? My fucking God, guys. I have been a fan of Lovecraft for a very long time, since I was young, uh, since I could read. You know what I mean? Like, I have always... And, and even if you haven't been a fan of him, you have indefinitely, I know for you a know fact, what? you've seen his work and other people's work, not because it's public domain, but because his stories were so ahead of their time. This guy was pretty much, you know, one of the guys that was just otherworldly with his stuff. And yes, we know. He's had a pretty spotty personal life, and pretty much any time you bring him up, uh, you have to mention that he was racist. And that's not something that I think many people admire about him, of course. But as Richard Stanley said, he pretty much hated just humans in general. We'll get into that a little bit more in the trivia, but... Plus, you know, Richard Stanley is pretty much the very opposite of H.P. Lovecraft in a lot of ways. 
He respects the work, though, and it tantalized his creative Jewesses. <laughs> <laughs> but there is some stuff in this movie that Richard Stanley puts in there to give kind of a middle finger to that side of him anyway, uh-huh. which is pretty great. I went into this movie hoping that it was, you know, just good. You know, like I, I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't read the story in forever. I avoided all trailers and not reading one goddamn review, not reading any articles about it. I just stayed the fuck away because I did not want this fucking ruined for me, which I'm super glad I did. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to tell you up front, guys. I absolutely fucking love this movie and I love it with all my heart. Like I really do. And I know that not every, it's not going to be for everybody all the time, but I think that you need to see this movie in the theater. I've said many times on the podcast about how there are, you know, few adaptations that really interpret or showcase Lovecraft. You know, that can even come close to what his writing was. He was very scientific in a lot of the stuff that he wrote. So it was he had a weird style about him, but he had so many fucking crazy shit things in his stories that nobody was doing really like that back in the day. And that's why he's become such a popular thing. But what I just saw in this movie is the best interpretation I've ever seen. Hands down. 100%. And I've seen so many different movies that I adore that have Lovecraft in it. Typically, almost every single fucking movie I love has an element of it in it. So, um, but I, I've been a fan of Richard Stanley too for a long while too, because of the movie Hardware. I remember my father had like the beta or the VHS or both. I can't even remember, but it's probably the viewing material that one must watch and appreciate before you can be accepted into the industrial scene out here. <laughs> and, and as much as I loved that movie, I knew that I had to lower my expectations before seeing it because, you know, it's a huge task at hand to try to interpret Lovecraft into a film. And it had been such a long time since he directed, right? Right. And not some period piece either, but a current modern take on it, too. Because I've noticed that there's like two camps to Lovecraft fans. You know, there's those that say, oh, they're going to go back to 1920s and, and talk about these things and, and do it in the, the current era of then. But back then, he was a modern horror writer, regardless of how popular he was. He was writing modern horror that nobody else was talking about shit that we barely know today. You know what I mean? Like that normal people wouldn't even know what the fuck he's talking about. You know, like different types of chemicals and agents and things. And um, I don't know. But I, I've noticed that there's always the old camp or the new camp or one of, you know, interpretations, creative liberties, whatever you need to take to take love crap. <laughs> take a nice love crap on your chest (laughs) no but to take lovecraft's work and and turn it into a modern tale which you know there's very few movies that have been able to do that um the thing in the mouth of badness annihilation is pretty much a straight rip of the story of color out of the color out of space which it's titled by lovecraft the color out of space as i mentioned in the beginning of the episode uh but the movie is called color out of space but he also did like Stephen King's even come out and said Tommy Knockers was a direct inspiration from 
the color out of space. So, uh-huh. you know, there's just, it's just everywhere. You right. know what I mean? Plus right. there's so many other movies that have done that too, but it's, it's very hard to interpret his work is what I'm getting at. And it's also pretty intimidating for anyone to try to just like turn it and take creative liberties because it's easy to fuck up and it's easy to piss everybody off and, and also try to embrace it. But I think Richard Stanley knows his shit. Right. And he's, he's passionate about it. He, oh man, I could listen to, him talk about fucking goddamn fucking Lovecraft for days, dude. I would just love to sit and talk to him because he's fucking dark. He's dark <laughs> as shit. And, and and he's not afraid to be too, you know, which is right. awesome. Um, but we'll get into that in the spoilers. And I'm sorry I'm going on and on, guys, but you gotta understand this. There's a lot to this that I want to say. You're very passionate about it. Very, very passionate about it. This movie is done so well. It's done in today's world seamlessly that you know, it's still able to bring some of the classic goods that you have in the story and then elaborates on them, making it better. I straight up listened to the whole fucking uh, we listened to the um, audio book on it. I have like three books with it in it, but I figured hey, I'll listen to the audio book and like, you know, because some of the words in it, I'll be honest, eh, you know, you ain't going to hit every word when they're you're t- saying it. They're timey. Yeah. <laughs> they're um, timey. But, you know, some some people may say at a glance that this movie is possibly like schlocky, maybe people who are not familiar with Lovecraft's work. But I mean, it's really hard to not do it schlocky because he takes he does everything in the kitchen sink and he'll describe the kitchen sink from detail to detail for seven (laughs) paragraphs. I'm also sure that a few people will find the dialogue a little crazy. And that's a good thing, in my opinion. It's it's deliberate because these people are descending into madness. Which I think is totally appropriate for this fucking film and this story. Also, it could be considered just a little bit of a narrow takeaway from from what this film really is by by being so simple about it. Do you know what I mean? It uh-huh. might. Do you know what I'm? Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, uh, I think you'd be forgiven though if that's all your takeaway was though. But to me, that's what I absolutely loved about this film. The score in this movie, guys, by Colin Stetson is fucking goddamn amazing. And if you're not sure who Colin Stetson is, well, he was the musician who did the music for Hereditary. So he's got a breadth of talent, a lot of talent. And I think where Hereditary is a little more subtle, this is a way more in your face fucking oh, yeah, ride. Totally. And it, it's not that it's not nuanced and doesn't have like that, that sort of flair. But in the very beginning of the movie, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. But man, by the end of the movie, oh my God, it's just really amazing how he did it, how he pushes all these like really small yet rapidly growing like nightmarish and odd fucking crazy fucking nightmarish occurrences that happen throughout this film. It, it, it's just like it increases and increases more practical, more gore, and of course, more color. <laughs> but the music is so good and so tense that it just doesn't quit. It like fucking grip me to my seat. It crescendos into this large boom until you just feel like you can't breathe. Like that's how good it is. And I fucking loved it all the way up to the end. I, I was choking back the intensity from the excitement I felt from that. So Colin, dude, thank you so much, dude. I wrote him on fucking Twitter, but, uh, you know, so he already knows. So he's like, all right, calm down, dude, calm down. (laughs) And obviously Richard Stanley still has the goods, guys. He's like fucking not missed a fucking beat. In some ways, I almost feel like he's gotten way better. 
Like, right. like his fucking hardware movie is very aesthetically pleasing. And like a lot of the shots and everything that he did there is really deep. And, and I haven't seen Dust Devil, to be fair, in a long, long time. I was never a huge fan of that movie, but I kind of want to go back and see it now. Maybe I'll have more adult eyes and mind to, to kind of really soak it in. Because this guy's a really deep motherfucker, and he's very deliberate on everything that he does. So, but good news for you guys. If you are fans of Lovecraft, he has been greenlit for two more. Well, he's been greenlit for one more film. And if that does somewhere near as good as this or better, then we're going to get an apocalypse film. The second film that he's going to be doing next is the Dunwich Horror, which is awesome. It has got some pretty cool stuff. I haven't read it in a long time, but I remember I brushed up on it a little bit and I was like, oh, fuck, that's <laughs> right. There's been other movies that have tried to do it. And I think he is hands down going to be the guy who could pull it off. So and it's it's really surprising that he did so good in this for me because it's been like 15, 20 years since he really shot a feature film or anything. He's been on like sabbatical for like that long. You know, I know he did the fucking documentary thing, but I'm, I'm talking right, like, right. you know, like an actual movie. Right. And like, it's really a shame that he's not gotten more. And man, he came out swinging on this one. I'm just so fucking happy. It's ah, uh, just man. He does a really good job here, guys. And I'm sure some of you out there who also wanted to see this movie for Nick Cage, you know, for the freak out moments alone but you'll get that so don't worry <laughs> you're gonna get it in spades my friends even a moment where i felt like his brand of fucking crazy was imitating trump did you ever get that no i didn't get no i didn't get that. i did and did you? yeah and it's funny because huh. like i was talking to adam uh-huh and he was like did it seem like and i was like yes i wrote that in my notes and i showed it to him <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I don't know. It could be sarcastically. I could be wrong. But you guys decide. Felt like it to me. That's not spoiling anything. But he plays a dorky father who unravels uh, with like amazing over the top dialogue and performance like none other than Nick Cage ever. You know, like it's 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 pretty good. And to be honest, I almost feel like it's better than Mandy in that perspective. Like as far as the freak out, uh-huh. like it's pretty fucking out there because he switches between pretty seamlessly and it's like he once he lets loose man that's it plus you know it's not just him in the movie that does really good acting on on display here either i thought most of the cast did a really good job and i like the the hydrologist guy like he was like the nice like staple to like keep reality normal you know in check yeah like he was like the guy you go to and that's exactly it worked really well the girl who was in this movie i thought did a really good job too she was very convincing she didn't feel like she was not acting uh-huh. <laughs> like everybody did a pretty damn good job there was a couple of moments that i was like i didn't know what to expect but that's kind of part of this movie's charm in a way so uh-huh. um the cgi in the film is in there but for practical effects fans don't worry you can stand in that long line of favorite movies very much like the thing. And if that doesn't get you out to the fucking theater right now, you're fucking dead to me. Okay. So, uh, and I'm not just haphazardly using that. It's actually pretty good stuff here. I wish I could have seen a little bit more, but I think they did a really good job on the practical effects and they didn't just like, boogie boogie, you know, like they, they, they let it seep into you. And Stanley did a really good job of letting that out. 
The CGI, though, I thought was beautiful. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. I like how they did it. Did you know that most of that is just practical? Right, right. It's only just a few touches here and there that they use CGI to so make in. it more realistic. Right, yeah. for the things that they had to do that they right. couldn't do. So, right. like the colors and stuff, you yeah, you have to. I think it worked well, though. I didn't yeah. think it was too intrusive or too much. It was a perfect balance, and, right? And he did it right. Um, which, by the way, when we left the theater, we picked up the 4K. I'm fucking well. We didn't pick it up. We pre-ordered the the, the fucking copy, and I cannot wait to see that. February twenty eighth. February twenty eighth. Yep, I okay. got an email. Sweet. There. Okay, so now I gotta admit something that happened to me when I got done watching this movie, guys. <laughs> and you guys are gonna make fun of me. I don't give a fuck what you think, okay? But that movie was so fucking intense, so exhilarating. The climax just was like pounding on my chest and there was moments in the film that I was like holy shit they just did that like that was some callous ass fucking shit this is like true crazy and then it just gets <laughs> crazier and more intense I'm like thinking to myself the whole fucking time like oh don't end don't end please don't end don't be end don't oh don't end yet just keep going just keep going kick the fucking door open and it did and I just it was like I held my breath for the whole last third of the movie and just was like, <laughs> I teared up because it was so intense. You kept grabbing my arm, too. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, dude, I I, I, I literally teared up. Um, And as stupid as that sounds, I don't know how to express why or why I felt that way. But it was part excitement. It was a part that it didn't let me go, kept me on the edge of my seat. And that was intense, man. Like where I talk about, you know, the movie Bliss that has that ending that was like intense. That was a fragment compared to what I experienced in this movie. Uh huh. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so um, I give it a 10 out of fucking 10. Period. Wow. Done. That's pretty high score. It's there. rare. I don't ever give movies 10s. No, you don't. I don't ever. Like, like I, I, what has? I'm been kind of stingy with tens, and I, and I, like I said, I feel like you should never give a ten unless it's a movie you feel like it was made for you, right, right, you know, or and never give it one unless it's just, you know, or zero or whatever. But, but yeah, I've not been this excited about watching a fucking movie in a very, very, very long time. I've been excited for many other movies, but not this excited. Like this, right. I haven't stopped talking about it for days. No, he hasn't. And if anybody needs to talk about the movie, just hit up Alex. He'll be happy. Yeah. To, please. Please, because he needs to stop talking about the We can just like do ecstasy me. together and rub on each other, whatever you want. Well, like, I'll just stop. <laughs> Every single episode. <laughs> but honestly, this is an instant classic. It's an achievement in cinema. Fucking Richard Stanley deserves a fucking award. I don't, and, and I don't care. You know, it's not going to go to the Academy Awards or anything like that. But guys, you need to support this. I'm serious. Like, thank you, Richard Stanley and everyone that was involved in this movie. I am just head over heels in love with it. Like, I just have never been this excited. Like, you need a tissue? Do you want some tissue? The, well, the, fa go. the fact that it's some in my, tissue. it's already busted through my top 10 movies of all time should say <laughs> that you need to go out and see this shit. And maybe it's not your 10 out of 10 to you guys, but I guarantee you it's a number eight and it'll be a great experience at the very least for you. <laughs> um, plus, and something that you guys want to keep in mind, the, now that the Dunwich Horror is coming out, that Richard Stanley is going to be doing, he mentioned Yog sathoth So... Who the fuck is that? 
It's a fucking elder god, or it's like not the biggest one, or outer god, whatever. Uh, but he said that if we get the same support on this movie and Dunwich, that we'll get a third film that's going to bring about a new era of Lovecraft. Oh, which okay. has me fucking excited. Like, I really hope the Dunwich horror is going to be good. And if he can bring that kind of intensity into that film, I have no doubts in my mind that it's going to be good. Like, that is my most anticipated film from here on out. Uh-huh. In the next two years, I'm going to be fucking, you know, biting my nails, waiting for the day to happen. And if there's a festival out there, I'm sorry, I'm going out there. <laughs> <laughs> but... um yeah, so if you he even mentioned that the that the mainstream is going to be biting onto this because the success probably is going to interest them in some way and he really truly doesn't care if it if it happens because he wants there to be this era of Lovecraft again in movies and films because we have the technology. Oh, yeah. I see that. You know what I mean? I can see that if it's done well. Whether it's going to be good or not, yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> Uh, so I'll stop rambling for 20 minutes now. Uh, Christina, what did you think? Oh, God. Think? Now I'm, now I'm all nervous because I'm going to shit on all your hopes and dreams. No, it's okay. It's okay. You're just no, not, you're dead to me. I'm, <laughs> it's fine. So, like, we get it. You're a big Lovecraft fan. We get it. Me, I'm just like, okay. I'm like, okay. You know, I get it. And I'll, I'll admit, this movie, this movie is a good interpretation of the story. It really is. Because every other Lovecraft movie we've seen, it doesn't... What was that one movie with the... um Where they, they were on the island and all the people were, ter- were fish people? Oh, um, Cold Skin. Oh, God, that was horrible. It wasn't horrible. It, it was, was horrible. a good movie. That was a good movie. But yeah, anyway. but, they, but that's that's the, the thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, but that's why I'm everything saying. Everything takes know, it too serious. Yeah, yeah, and that movie was taking it too serious. This is like serious. the perfect balance to me. Yeah, like, and it's good modern interpretation of it, too. Right. They treat it like poetry, which it is in a way. Right. But they don't have to. No, 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 not at all. You just take his ideas. Well, this is po- this movie is poetry to me. This is artwork. Right. My problem with this movie was the pacing. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? It really, you'd, the, like the first hour, it like dragged. It was slow going. It took a long time to get where it needed to go. And like when shit does that for me. And I lose interest. So when shit, big shit starts to happen, it wasn't like worth it to me. Okay. I mean, it was still cool. Like, don't get me wrong. I won't spoil anything. But yes, it was cool. But it was the getting there that was the problem with to me. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I'm not going to interrupt you. Go and ahead. I'm not going to say it was it. It wasn't a slow burn. But the it was the story. The beginning parts of the story they were very mundane and predictable even though i know this is the original story we've seen stories like this before yeah because so they've all ripped shit. off of fucking yeah, the color exactly. out of space but yeah. but i i already knew what was i already knew shit was gonna go down i mean not exactly how it did right but you know what i'm saying well one of my that, buddies said that that he didn't like this movie because it reminded him of annihilation and i was like uh, I was like, I well, he obviously hasn't read Lovecraft because oh yeah, because there's yeah, so many people that, that have ripped him Annihilation off. Annihilation was a good movie, right? Like, and it's a book. It was a book, right? Yeah, exactly. But it was a that book, book that, was based off of Color Out of Space, yeah, like to the T. And and when we were watching it in those parts, I was like, oh, oh, that's a that's that Natalie Portman movie. I couldn't yeah. remember the name of it at the time, but yeah, exactly. But still, this this is the movie right now. This is uh, Richard Stanley's movie so 
in my opinion, I didn't enjoy it as much as you because mm-hmm. I got bored. It's fine. And also, I didn't believe you're them. You're wrong. But <laughs> Shut up. It's fine. I didn't. You're not going to agree with me on this one because I didn't believe them as a family. Like, I, I, I don't know if it was their acting or what, but just them as a family, like, I just... I think the think what you I think I, I totally understand I got the same vibes that you were getting. I was I'm picking up what you're putting down exactly right. in the same time I was watching the movie. Right. But it all kind of makes sense by the end. To me, why you, they were all yeah, like see, that. And we'll no, get into that in the spoilers. Even before all the crazy shit started to happen. Right. Not gonna spoil anything. It's I a- still didn't believe they were like a family unit to me. Okay. It, and I don't know. It might have been it might have been Cage. And he was well, he's good. A weird he, guy. W- he was good in this, like individually, but it was like when he had parts with everybody else. I don't know. It was I just, thought he was good with the mom. It was he what he was good with the mom, but with the kids and stuff. I know he was supposed to be that kind of like like father who was kind of like distant or whatever. Well, he's like the hip one too, because he was cool with like stuff that you normal parents wouldn't be cool with. Right? Do you know but what I mean? I don't know. I just it's it, just a different it family. Wasn't vab- vibing for me for this movie. Okay, cool. I didn't like that, but I do like, like you said, I like the visuals. I like the special effects and mm-hmm. everything. Everybody should go see this movie just for that reason. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I also thought of the void when I was watching this because I was like, well, yeah. But even like story wise, because the void story wasn't exactly like cohesive. Yeah, cohesive. But, but it was. But to me, that story was more co- cohesive than this. Really? Yes, because it was just that slow. At least the void. It was. It it had parts where there was just like there was shit going on. You like the void more? Dr- yeah, I did like the void mm, more. Okay. Yeah, yeah, hmm. but yeah. but people should see this, and I do. I am looking forward to the next. The next movie, but I did give it a seven out of ten because. Well, you just took just... the piss out of that, huh? <laughs> I crushed dreams. <laughs> but that, Get out! but also, that's me coming <laughs> to a perspective to a movie where I'm just a regular moviegoer. I'm not it's like true, and you didn't really read any of his stuff. I never got really into his stuff, but I know his stuff from other people's stuff, like stuff, you know. Sure. You know what I mean? No, 100%. I, I, I've read his stuff, but I just can't, I just couldn't get into it. Well, it's like if you were to follow Lovecraft's story verbatim, like word for word, it would be a oh, right. weird movie. Like, right. And I think Richard Stanley does a really good balance with it by taking the things that people like, it feels like, from his stories or this particular story and then kind of flipping it on its head and doing his own thing in some regards. But like he does stay true to it. He just I think he elaborated on it in some ways. Right. Better than him, because if if you guys aren't familiar with the story of the color out of space, it's it's very similar, like a meteorite crashes to Earth in this guy's farm. And it, 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 it takes place over the course of like a year or two. And all these changes happen. Well, Richard Stanley changes that a bit uh, in this, and he and I think they are good changes. I think film thematic, uh, film wise, I think it is the appropriate thing to do. What what's the, what's the score? By the way, you didn't say. Oh, oh, a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Yeah, I said that. Oh, I just I think I was just reeling in horror from how you just shit on my fucking rainbow. <laughs> 
that's what I do. <laughs> no, and it literally, it's it's the pacing that gets me. It's every so time. weird that you say I that. Just, to, I can't. To me, it, if it can't, we'll get into it in the spoilers. But I just okay. it, that is weird to me. I don't know why. I mean, like I can kind of understand why, but I think you might have been thinking too much. I don't know. <laughs> What was there to think about? I don't know. There was like nothing going on for like the first half of the Love movie. Love me. Love this movie. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it, guys. So who are you going to believe? Don't listen to that bitch. <laughs> You're hilarious. I'm out of here. Bye. You can do the rest of this on your own. All right. So buckle up and get your socks out because we're going to finish it. No, I'm kidding. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> I'm just being silly. <laughs> All right, right, guys. So uh, if we base the score off of her paltry seven (laughs) and my glorious 10, uh, I guess that brings it to uh, 8.5. So, you know, I also gave underwater a seven. And like, literally, this is how I felt of that, too. Yeah, I guess you just don't like good films. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally kidding. I I don't care. Uh, Don't let her sway you, though, guys. Honestly, go out to the theater. You should see it. I I am just so blown away. If you're a fan of the 80s, it doesn't doesn't feel like an 80s movie, but fans of the 80s would all appreciate this in some regard. And if you're a fan of Lovecraft, you're doing a disservice to yourself by not going to see it. So... Uh, but now we're going to jump into our spoilers and trivia. If you guys want to skip this part, I honestly encourage you to go to the theater, support it because regardless, if you like this movie, if you like Lovecraft, you need to support it. Let the mainstream know that there is big motherfucking money here and they need to fucking take it up. So here is your warning. All right, so if you're listening now... It's the spoilers. There's no turning back now. The end is nigh. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so beautiful. (laughs) I got a bunch of trivia on this uh, that I figured we could kind of ease into a little bit. And it might open up some discussions about different parts and things. So we'll just do that, okay? Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get it on. And keep your hatred at a minimum. I'm if trying. You could. Okay, thank you. Just, I'm going to try. Yeah. Stop punching puppies. Okay. <sighs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, so, first of all, this, this, as we've mentioned, is a story by Lovecraft. He began writing The Color Out of Space immediately after finishing his previous short novel called The Case of Charles Dexter Ward. And in the midst of a, a final revision of his horror fiction essay, Supernatural Horror and Literature, He was seeking to create a truly alien life form. He said that he drew inspiration from fiction and nonfiction sources, which is very apparent if you actually listen to the story. 
uh, or read it. First, it appeared in September 1927, actually, edition of Hugo Gernsback's science fiction magazine, Amazing Stories. The uh, Color Out of Space became one of Lovecraft's most popular works, and it has been adapted into many different films. And it has also been one of Lovecraft's favorite pieces of work that he's ever written. And I think it's probably because it has a bit of that scientific and uh, craziness. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And it is a very different story than a lot of his uh, work. Um, you don't know, like, what it is. But then again... Everything in fucking his books are unimaginable, unimaginable horror. <laughs> um, Richard Stanley, uh, the director of this film, his mother used to read him Lovecraft as a child and was super supportive of him, like dabbling in the dark arts and stuff, you know, because she was very into that kind of work and she wanted to pass that on to him. He even had a story where he was talking about how she was on her deathbed or something. And he was like, Hey, I think we're going to, I'm going to make the movie. I'm going to write the, the, the color out of space. And he was like really excited to tell her. And she was like, nah, nah, it's not going to work. Nah, it's not going to work. And uh, which, you know, he said inspired him to write some of the characters in this a little differently than than when they died, because they were sort of dispatched pretty quickly. Like in the stories, they like he made a point to point out how Lovecraft will spend, you know, eight paragraphs talking about the fucking trees and then dispatch somebody really quickly in his stories in like four sentences, you know, or four words, uh-huh. you know, which is pretty weird. Uh, and I agree. So he kind of wanted to change the characters a little bit because, because how Lovecraft was not a fan of humans, he would talk about other stuff. So Richard Stanley wanted to put more of a family vibe, which is more Richard Stanley because he's a very family oriented person and he likes people and stuff. Um, whereas Lovecraft just, you know, everything in the book, misogynist, racist, hated people, was a loner, you know, <laughs> he had friends, but, uh, he was just a very angry individual, I think. Um, but I thought it was interesting that he said that it was very deliberately done how he did the characters in this movie, um, to be different, you know, and, and to emphasize that point, sort of. So, and, and by the way, um, I want to give a shout out to Adam because Adam gave me, um, a, a really cool, um, podcast that was on Collider, believe it or not, called The Witching Hour. And these two girls, they do, um, an interview with Richard Stanley and it is phenomenal. Like I was just so into it. Other than the mic, his mic being too quiet, it was amazing. <laughs> they do like a spoiler free and then they do like a, um, like a spoiler review afterwards and like talk about everything. And, um, I just want to give a shout out to them too, because that it was, that was great work. So, um, but I got some of this information from there and I also got some of this information from the premiere because they showed after the, the movie we watched, they had a Q&A session right. with Patton Oswald asking questions of, of Nick Cage, Richard Stanley, and the cast, which they were in the audience, and then he brought them on. But but there's some cool stuff on both of those, So plus elsewhere. All of the cast, apparently, in this movie actually had a week to rehearse, which he thought was short. And he's like, it's very rare that you get 
rehearsal time anymore, especially on a smaller budget film or something, I guess, uh-huh. when you're trying to use up every dollar as quickly as possible or, you know, just sparingly as possible. So they had like a week to, to hang out together, which he felt was important to have like the family because this is mostly about the family, right? Right. You know, Nick Cage, his wife and his two kids and like other actors and stuff like that to get used to each other. And he would take them to haunted locations together, like at, at where they were. Uh-huh. So they would rehearse during the day and then at night they would go out as a ghost family hunting. and go out ghost hunting and stuff like that to kind of like get in this, <laughs> the spirit of it, you know? Um, but the only one that didn't was like the the female girl um madeline arthur who plays uh Levine, what's her name levine or Le- lavinia lavinia that's right which all the names in this movie are different than in the book right or in the short story i should say but um she wasn't even found until four days before she actually got to be a part of this film. So she was like, like they, he said that finding all the guys was simple. He was like, whatever. Right. That was like nothing. Right. He was like, and Madeline or the, the mom who played, he found her pretty quick afterwards, but he was really worried about the character of Lavinia. Lavinia. And he found her four days before. So she got to hang out for like a day and then memorize her script in those, <laughs> those few days uh-huh. and then just go for it. Uh-huh. So I thought that was really interesting, you know, that she would, that was like a very, yeah, quick amount of time. Really quick. And it was character. very, he was very specific about who he wanted to play that part. Right. In the Q&A that they had after the movie, Nick was uh, asked if he had channeled anything from his performance on Mandy, which I rolled my eyes at at first. Yeah, I did too. That was a silly I question. I was like, dude. Like, really? You should bring out other, yeah. Yeah, like that's kind of, I mean, I get it. Like, whatever. People are going to make the comparisons. And a lot of people got back on the cage train after Mandy anyway, so... Uh, but he'd said the only thing that he borrowed from was Max von Sydow in The Exorcist when he says, get out. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so weird. Like, I, I would have never. Yeah, to, to think of that, like, on the spot, too. Yeah, because, like, like, when he's oh, up in yeah. the attic and they're like, he's like, kids, you need to leave now. Because he's very obviously about to shoot the fucking mom and the <laughs> child. <laughs> Um, which is dark as fuck, but yeah. And, uh, he also went on to say one of his favorite genres in film is family drama and also horror. <laughs> so this movie was like the best of both worlds for him. And he's a big, 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 big fan of the movie called Ordinary People, which I'm kind of interested. I've heard him say that before. I think, right. was, I think he said it in the Mandy Q and A. Right. I don't remember. I think but he did too. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's always sporting his fucking, like, rhinestone fucking punk rock fucking... He's Elvis. Yeah, he's got, like, an Elvis jacket. He really is. But he's, like, darker. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, he's fucking a unique, interesting individual as far as I'm concerned. And, like, he's entertaining as fuck, even if you don't think he's a good actor, in my opinion. So, um, but he was... um, The funny thing is, is that while they were doing the interview, they were talking about how, you know, how they got back together. Because, apparently, Richard Stanley was going to have him be the lead role in the movie Dust Devil. Right. But for some reason, it didn't work out. So fast forward 25 years later, and he's in this movie, which I think was a slam fucking dunk. Right. So they really, he said that he really loved working with him. He called, he even called Nick Cage a modern Vincent Price right now in horror. 
with some of that dark humor yeah, that he has. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know what? That's actually kind of yeah, true. Pretty, yeah. Like if it's, you know, it's he's not the same. Well, obviously. But he's saying with the same the same sort of underground fame right. that Nick Cage has got, right. that Vincent Price had, right. uh, is what he's going through, that sort of uh, sort of thing right now. So I thought that was cool. Um, they even asked the, the Elliot, the hydrologist guy, uh-huh. They, they said uh, he wasn't sure whose part he was going to play when he got the fucking script. So he read the whole thing and he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll try it out. You know, like whatever. And he was like, I wonder what part they're going to make me play. And he was like, oh, I get to be Ward. He lives to the end, you know, like in his mind. <laughs> and he was like, so I'm one of the long line of people who have are black and have lived to the end of a horror movie. <laughs> There's a very short list, but I'm very glad to be a part of that. <laughs> That was really cool. I thought that was great. Yeah. He even said that his said first that. scene in the whole fucking movie was the very end scene uh-huh. where he didn't say a fucking oh, thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Richard Stanley was like, so what do I do? And he's like, well, you just you just stand there and look at the compass. <laughs> and he was like, it was really weird to do the end scene right then and there. But yeah. apparently Richard Stanley's OK with jumping all over the place. Right. So they had like this thing with the actors, like especially Teresa. Mm-hmm. Or he calls Teresa. I don't know how you say her name, but Teresa, Teresa. She the would, daughter. That's no, what no, I no, say. No, no, the mom. Oh, yeah, the mom. I'm sorry. The mom. Um, She was like, okay, Richard, you need to tell me, like, do I need to go to a 10 or a 5 or 1 to 10? Like, crazy. Like, because I don't know where I'm at in the story. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'll tell you whenever you go. And she kept saying over and over and again, so 10? 10 because she really wanted to do a 10 uh-huh. and he was like no 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 not, not yet not yet not yet and then it finally was like he was like all right go to 10 <laughs> and that was the tomato scene where he's like fucking oh, throwing the yeah. tomatoes in the thing and she's just like would you just tell him fix the fucking dish <laughs> <laughs> she did a good job i thought she was pretty yeah, good she was, she was good especially as the creature oh yeah oh and the the noises she was making yeah, that well, they that, were making it was like oh my god this is horrifying dude well yeah definitely man like that whole scene where they're in the attic and where they converge and shit uh-huh. hearing the child screech like that behind yeah. her and like oh my god like no daddy why is, is that it what and it, i can't remember what other I'm sure that it's in one of the Lovecraft's work where he says that. Why does it keep making that awful sound? Uh-huh. It's been in something else, and I just can't think of it, guys. So if you if you know what other movie that is, because it's-, it's Yeah, on that's the, a movie. It's on the tip of my tongue, and I just can't think of it. And I think it's in the mouth of madness, but uh-huh. I could be wrong. Why does it keep making that awful noise? <laughs> This there's a really funny thing that they had that happened in the Q and A. Do you remember this with Pat Oswald? He was like interviewing everyone after the premiere, and he mentioned just how beautiful the shots and color were. And Richard Stanley said he was uh, inspired by Dario Argento because he was the first person in the industry who gave him any sort of respect. Uh huh. Which is awesome. Everybody cheered about that in the in the theater. Uh huh. Um. Uh, which, by the way, at the end of the fucking movie, everybody clapped. Yeah, everybody did clap. That was fucking awesome. That's, uh, that made me feel good. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so so he was like, I was inspired by Dario Argento with the color thing because his palette is just uh, fucking amazing. And also, he's kind of a doper, which <laughs> <laughs> like mean, he means pot. So they smoked a joint together, apparently, uh, when they first met. 
and uh, he said he said the use of his color was just very inspiring to him to make the this movie, and he he imagines that you know as beautiful as that world is, and as beautiful as the world is when it started, it'll end in much the same way as extraordinarily beautiful, and that's how he wanted the film to end. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which Patton Oswald was like staring, like, uh, <laughs> like, Because uh, he just okay. got dark. Because <laughs> that was like super dark moment. Indeed, like, and I'm, I'm yeah. paraphrasing, by the way, but then Nick Cage chimes in. He's like, hey, I got a funny story to tell you. <laughs> and he's like, funny. yes, Nick Cage, please tell us a funny story right now. <laughs> fucking hilarious dude uh but nick went on to tell the story about how that richard was explaining the whole meteorite thing and like you know how it was gonna bleed and how it sort of was gonna look and stuff and he gave him like two pieces of meteorite which nick was like i imagine were two pieces of iron that i was rubbing together but they smelled like blood you know, like however he talks. I'm trying to do my best. That was a, that was good, babe. It was not bad. It was not bad. Was okay. <laughs> but yeah, he said that then that's when it made sense. He was like, "Oh, it smells like blood." Okay. So I thought that was funny. Did you catch the book in the movie that that Ward was using? The willows. Yes. The, some forest willow. Was it willows? Yes, the okay. willows. What was that? When he was at his campsite, he was like reading a book, and then he gets a phone call, and he can't hear or understand what the fucking noise or something, whatever it is. Right. And then the book is the willows, which is based is is is, is significant to Lovecraft because it is a novella by English author. Algernon Blackwood, which was published as part of his 1907 collection, The Listener and the Other Stories. It's one of Blackwood's best known works and has been a huge influence on a lot of different writers. But H.P. Lovecraft in particular considered it to be the finest supernatural tale in English literature. Oh, so this so was, that was an influence for... Yeah, he put that in there. I mean, you also have stuff That's like... That's kind of cool. Like, everybody always wears the, the Miskatonic University shirt, which is, right. you know... They talk about Arkham. They talk about Dunwich in the movie. There's right. There's a couple of different things in there that I might have missed the first time because I'm just like, oh... There's so much going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming in my mouth. <laughs> um... <laughs> But I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so I thought I'd mention that to you guys. Um, I only got one more here, and then we'll get into our spoiler thoughts here. So uh, Richard Stanley said that Julian Hilliard, the child actor that we were talking about when we were talking about the actors in the movie. Right. They, call, they called him Jack in the movie. Richard Stanley said that he thinks that he's going to be a big horror movie director when he gets older. And I thought that was so cool. Right. Like, it's just like he's like when he was on set, he was just so interested in the process and like how everything was done, looking looking through the camera lens. And Richard was like, yes, yes, yeah, this is how you do this. And this is how we do that. And he was like, I think he's going to be uh-huh. a director one day. And, and, and it's, it's really cool to me that Richard Stanley facilitated that. Yeah. Encourages it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get that much. He was like, he was like, if you can imagine when I was a kid and I watched King Kong, I think it was, uh, he was like, my dad took me to go see King Kong when I was seven years old or something like that. Uh-huh. He's like, this kid's first horror movie is Color Out of Space. So can you imagine <laughs> what that motherfucker's gonna make? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Well, and he's now he's in all this other horror stuff too. So right, I mean, he's obviously got cool parents. Yeah, <laughs> or, or or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, you know? they might just like, oh, we need to get paid. And no, I don't us. mean that. I just, I, know, I, know, I just I mean like it, it's questionable whether or not people think that children should be involved in horror movies right. or see horror movies. Like everybody's got something different. Like right. your sister won't let the kids watch anything PG thirteen, even though they're thirteen. And like when I was a kid, I was watching this shit. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but I think it's really cool. And and I also thought it was really cool because he said that when this movie was made, he in in order to prepare for the premiere, he would watch the movie only in little snippets all the way to the end. And he's like, I finally think he got to the very end because it was too scary for him. He said it was too scary to watch, <laughs> so he had to watch it in little increments of like five ten minutes, you know, and now and then come back to it. So that when he went to the premiere, which he did, he could sit through the whole thing. I don't know what happened after that. I didn't see anything, but uh-huh. she was like, I wonder if he's going to leave, you know, <laughs> walk out into the, uh, to, you know, start murdering people because he can't, <laughs> can't take it. But I thought that was really cool. So, and now we're going to get into our spoiler thoughts. And, uh, I think that was a pretty good amount of information about that stuff. That was a lot of information. Yeah. Well, this is a good movie. Good movies deserve. The BTV touch. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what was the first moment that you were interested? <laughs> Since you were so bored with a great Wait, movie. Honestly, when the kids started staring at the well. The well. Oh, when he was, I was like, the, oh, man, God, the man's in it. the well. Yeah, that's pretty much. I will say, though, I did like the opening part where she was doing her rituals by the thing and he came out. I thought that was kind of cool because I was... You it, never see that in movies. It, no, and it was like you didn't know what time period they were going to... Because I didn't watch any trailers. That's probably why and, he did that. And yeah, so I was like, oh my God, are, are they really going to go that far back? Like the 1800s? Yeah, and it didn't look like real like period piece clothing either. Oh so. no, and her purple hair and everything. But right. you don't know. Like you don't know. So like the, I did that like might the have been a part. That might have been a Richard Stanley like Gotcha. You yeah. thought I was going to be old. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I showed time, you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ward comes walking in with his Miskatonic University <laughs> t-shirt. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. He just watches her like you creep. This fuck. is private property. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the funny things that I thought was like in the beginning when they were like after dinner, he goes outside and they're just kind of like gazing into the sunset of the, the valley that they live in, in this, in the woods in fucking New England. Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, it's just so beautiful. And he's like, he's like, you know, it's funny that we uh, made it all the way out here after living in the city for so long, you know? And <laughs> she's like, and they get into a conversation about talking about like, if she lost her legs, would he love her still? And he's like, well, it's kind of kinky, but uh, I think I can get used to it. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, it is weird. But I mean, it was a little uncomfortable there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was funny because, oh, and by the way, fuck, every uh, one of the things that bugged me about us in the theater is the fucking people. Who were directly to our left right. behind us. I don't mean to be rude to anybody, but either they were fucking blitzed out of their mind high and just laughed. They literally laughed at things that weren't even intentionally yeah, funny or were, funny at all. They were, they 
were just laughing anytime Nicolas Cage opened his mouth. They were there just for Nicolas Cage. Which, you know, that's what I was talking about. It's kind of a takeaway if that's all that it, you're looking right. at it they're, as. They're yeah. just looking to laugh at him as whatever, being a bad actor. They were really quiet out. by the end of the movie, though, weren't they? They uh, shut up yeah, real quick. I think uh, somebody said something. Somebody said something. Yeah, they were like, ha, 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 like that loud. Like I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, they really were. They were pretty loud. I mean, like I don't. I'm not. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I don't. I'm always like the type of person that like you know when someone makes an off color joke and I see like you know somebody walking down the street really happy with somebody and like someone's like oh look at that dummy and I'm like hey man don't do that you know <laughs> right I want people to enjoy their life I want people to enjoy the movie and stuff like that but this is just but like, when no one else is laughing I mean like, it's, it's not even that it was just. It was just too much. Yeah. Like, it was almost like they were, it's like, notice me. Right. Notice me. But that's okay. Anyway. You made it through. It didn't, it didn't wreck the movie for you. Right. Because I'm sure they were, they were probably like bored, like me, halfway through. (laughs) They were just like looking for something to wake them up. Oh my God, Christina. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Can I tell you something I forgot to mention that really bothered me? Mm. Um, cause I was saying I didn't believe them as a family and whatnot. Oh yeah. I want to get into this. Talk about that. And, um, the daughter, Lav- what's her name again? Lavinia. Lavinia. There was a part. She, th- she said something pissed me off. I was like, God, I hope that bitch dies. Really? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? It's when the brother and her were go. they heard the dog mm-hmm. and they went to the well and he went, he's like, he's in there. I can see him in there. Speaking of the dog. I'm going to go in there and get him. And then she was like, it's just a dog. Uh, Don't worry. And I was like, fuck that bitch. Yeah, well, he died. <laughs> that dog just like saved her life. Yeah, but she was right, though. You should fucking die. No, no, no. It was the way she said it. Like, oh, it's just a dog. Like, no, we didn't. Because I was still under the impression that the dog was still alive. And the the, the other brother was trying to go save the alive dog. And she was like... It's just a dog. Okay. Like, All right. You, okay. Bitch. Jesus fuck Christ. Fuck you. <laughs> I think that's like a little ridiculous considering that he got fucking melted. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to save the dog, but Yeah, that's the that's the lesson. Just le- it is just a dog. Leave it alone. Like leave it it's let it baby. I'm kidding. I I don't want animals to die, but that's such a weird minor gripe. Well, it, it griped me. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, gripping. let's talk about the family because you said that you felt like they weren't uh, together. Here's here's my defense. There was something that was said in the Q&A that, that the actor who played Benny, the boy that was in the well, right, that went down in the well to get the dog. Right, the older brother. Which <laughs> Richard Stanley said, that's the name of my son. And I try to kill him off in every movie I have. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> uh, anyway, so that character, that actor, I can't think of his name, the guy that played Benny the son, Brendan Meyer. Oh, okay. Brendan Meyer. Well, he uh, he said something. They had asked him, you know, like, what did you think about being in this role? Patton, I was talking to him, and he said, you know, it's like, you know, it's crazy. Like, I've noticed in the movie, like, when you guys were together in, like, the height of the fucking film, where you're getting on the horse, getting ready to get on the horse, and you're making fun of each other, calling each other dick maggot and stuff like that, these colorful names and everything, uh, he was like, it seemed like that was your safe space you know, space for you and your, and the character's sister, like in that role. And the kid said, well, yeah, you know, in a lot of ways, he's like, 
the family, the color actually brings them together where they're sort of a dysfunctional family in their own worlds, not wanting to be a part of each other, really not wanting to sit at dinner, not wanting to be at the farm, not wanting to do anything. Yeah, I get that. Right. So so they were a dysfunctional, weird family. I mean, they were letting the kids smoke pot and didn't give a fuck about it. Not that, you know, most parents, you know, I think most parents are understandable of that now, but you know, right. they're not a traditional family. Right. So I, I, well, no, I mean, I see that. I saw the dysfunction, them, tr- you know, trying to push the dysfunction, but I still didn't, I still didn't get that family type of thing with me. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't bother me. Didn't bother me at all. I was expecting weird to kind of start to come unhinged. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was cool. Like, especially they all, when they all go crazy, I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. They all did good at crazy. Plus, I I really loved how it affected electronics. That was a nice new touch. Uh huh. Like, did you notice that? Oh, and like every time the phone would ring and it would be turn off the car. Right. Affect the the tape players, the phones of any sort, like any kind of radio. Well, it was in control. That's what I thought. Right. But in the story, they didn't even talk about that. Well, there was no cell phones in 1926. they (laughs) They did have electric cars. He talks electric about cars? that in the in the story. A hundred years ago, electric cars. Not electric cars, but the you know. Oh, oh, so there wasn't electric cars. Is that what you're saying? Well, I meant. <laughs> I know what you meant. I'm teasing you. Calm down. <laughs> I don't know, it, but there was cars back then. They just had. They also had, you know, right, right, trolley, not trolleys, but just different things, right. that were electronic. It wasn't right. like they were living in the dark age. You know, well, what I, I mean? know that there was electricity. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, just saying, like, and there was phones. You know, there was phones. Probably not if they were in the middle of nowhere, but. Well, either way, I really enjoyed that they yeah, used... Yeah, they put that in that there. That they put that in there. I thought it was a nice touch. I'm sure that fucking... Of course, if H.P. Lovecraft was alive today, he would be doing similar things with that as well. Um, plus, it's also nice to destroy phones to submerse you in a isolated situation because there's a problem nowadays with the fact that we have cell phones. There's always that line of help that we can get. Right. So being able to have them scream. Did you? It seemed like they played the same thing over and over and over again every time you heard it, too. Oh, like, yeah. With the I, can't, I can't remember what he was really saying, was. but he was like, get down on the fucking ground. It was sounded like Nick Cage yelling at his yeah. daughter. Yeah. Like every time you heard the thing, it was. Do, do you think it it might have been what they were saying, like when shit started to go down? It was playing in like the past. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. There, there was the part where they were having sex and Nick Cage and Ter- and uh, Teresa or whatever. Um, they were having sex up in the room. And then that's when they asked the meteorite crashes. Oh, that's And everybody's right. like running around like crazy. And it was like this huge rock. They did that in the book, too. They talk about how it shrank down to nothing. But in the book or in the short story, they talk about how malleable the rock was, how it was like almost like plastic Uh when they were touching it. Like it didn't like silicon. That's I think that's what they said. Silicon in the story. Uh But anyway, what do you think of Tommy Chong in this? I thought he was hilarious. I like that character. I like how he lived. He was the squatter. Isn't that, isn't that what he was our resident squatter or right. something? I and like that. And I think they had a squatter, an old man with a long beard uh, in the story. In the very beginning, they talk about him like oh. outside of town. He lived just outside the blasted heath. And um, which is where the end of the where basically the the movie blows up and turns everything to ash. Mm-hmm. Um, but they talk about the end pretty much before. In fact, the movie starts and ends with actual words 
from the the actual story, like mm-hmm. bookends. So I thought that was really cool uh, um, that that he added that little touch in there. But yeah, Tommy Tong was really cool, and like his scene where he is in the fucking his little shack. And he's like dead or whatever. Oh, yeah. He's on pause and like he's like <laughs> he's listening to the people under the floor earlier, but then at the end he's like there was the people. Well, the, that was just a thing playing, right? Yeah, but it was, was so cool. Yeah, it that, was so cool. That, that was, was cool. a really fucking nice touch. I loved that. that yeah. And how they're walking in to check on it. That was, it, it gives me chills just a little bit thinking about it because it was so well done how they did that. Um, it's kind of, we're pretty far ahead in the story. Well, yeah. Because, <laughs> because this is the, good parts of the story well the first the first <laughs> real occurrence i think that happens isn't it when they chop off the finger her when her mom cuts off her fingers oh yeah which she, totally daddy me. i know my mommy daddy's hurt yeah that's a classic that's a kind of a classic trope right that we've seen in a lot of movies a lot of movies yeah i mean that's fair but i mean it's always kind of jarring well like, yeah it was it was funny when she put her arm where she put her hand out and she didn't have her fingers and what did she say she's like remember? dinner's ready yeah, yeah i thought that was <laughs> that was kind of funny that's when they were like ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like screaming um yeah i don't, I don't know i mean it, it it is kind of um it was in the grudge movie too right it was it yeah. was so it kind of kind of lost a little impact there um mm-hmm. but you know that was like the first big one and then they take her to the hospital and then leave the kids and then shit goes wrong with the kids by themselves which is i think a good move in the uh story to do that to separate them and uh, all i was thinking was like you know shit's going down in your house. You all should be together. Well, you all should be going to the hospital. But drink- I know that they all drank the water, so they're all fucked up because they 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 write that off early in the movie by him saying to live off the the grid and drink their own well water. They like set it up so that it explains away why they would drink the water in the first place. Uh huh. Because which now because I stopped buying bottled water. Because mm-hmm. of plastic reasons, and now I'm like, oh fuck, dude, I need to get, I need to start buying bottled water again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't matter what it's in because they, it's odorless, tasteless. Like you know, yeah, the, know, once the fucking the the color gets into it, it just takes you. Over. And I feel like they didn't, they didn't. Uh, the water thing bothered me too, because it's like it's kind of like they hinted towards it, and then Ward said it a couple times. But I'm like, so did the water thing really happen? Like, was there shit in the water, or was it just like in the air from the meteorite? No, it was in the water. It was in oh, the okay. land. It was in the in the story specifically. It's under the earth. Like oh. there is like it oh, is. Oh, so it's everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. It, it infects in and yeah. Area, yeah, just like annihilation, where it affects and changes and mutates everything. Oh, okay. There was just it's just infected everything. It didn't um, in the story. It actually didn't take over the water and change the water. It used it as a sort of a vessel, or a something? vessel to to get to everything else. Right. So. Um, yeah, because they tried burning it. They tried in the story. They tried like putting acid on it, like all kinds of shit. And like he gets very detailed on like how it affects the the actual sample. Should we can we talk about the alpacas? Alpacas. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know why he put him in there. Right. 
just to be different. Right. Because he's like... Well, it made sense to the story. It made sense. They just moved out there. No, it didn't make sense. Yes, it did. Because he was like, I'm going to get these alpacas because they're like, you know, a new... It was almost like, I want to say like a hipster thing to do. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wanted to be cool and unique. Yeah. Yeah. But but Richard Stanley did say that the reason that he put him in there was because... He wanted to. He said, "Every time you see these movies where the asteroid meteorite hits the fucking planet, he's like, it's always some fucking hick hick man with his farm and like, you know, they have cows and shit." He's like, "I wanted, I wanted to tackle something that was a little different." It it was just so the alpacas could turn into mutants, right? We know that's why. I thought was good. I thought that was good. That was kind of cool. Funny little story on that too is that he said that the alpaca trainer, the handler, was like, "Hey, if." You don't want them eating everything. You're going to have to rub their feces all over everything. You don't want them. And he was like, yeah, we're not doing that. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. Uh, (laughs) He said that they they were actually pretty fucking really uh, docile creatures, but that they that they wouldn't scare easily. Uh He said that the, the handler said, well, here, just take this balloon, blow it up and then let it out like to uh-huh. scare them he said but it didn't scare it didn't him. work yeah uh, didn't he also said he it was he might have used he was thinking about using ostriches yes he did too, think. Yeah, yeah which i was like i'm kind of glad because uh, well, yeah. ostriches scare me well they had them it in, must be uh, hard to work with too they did have ostriches in um what was it eight-legged freaks Oh, did they? I don't remember. Sort of, but it wasn't like mutated okay. or anything. I went to the ostrich farm a few weeks ago. Oh, God. You, no, like those things are, they are fucking scary. Right. Because they, they will peck you to death. <laughs> they will peck you to death and you can't milk an ostrich. Sounds like my parent kind of party. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought the alpacas was cool, especially when he's blasting them in the face. <laughs> Out the barn, dude. <laughs> but, but it's cool because, like, when they before they show, like, like, because you obviously know the alpacas are going to get fucked up, right? Like, you know that that's going to happen, but they don't show it right away, right? They show little glimpses so that you don't see the full form or the glimmer in the eyes. Yeah, like they show the eyes, the mouth, and like, like all weird and shit. And then, like, that's when. The one of the coolest parts in the movie. Uh-huh. More tragic. Well, there's a couple of tragic parts and we'll get into that. But when the mom and the son transform, they converge into one. Right. Because they go in the, the shed. The barn. The barn or whatever. Yeah, that's right. And they run out. And then she runs after Jack and hugs him. And then you see the co- the color like shock them. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> fucking Nick, Nick Cage is like, my God. And they seem kind of like normal about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But that's because they're also losing their mind. It's, yeah. a, it's subtlety. Well, I know. It's because they were staring into the light and they were intrigued by the light. So they couldn't well, like, yeah. move. It like froze them. But because I still thought it was weird. Technically, the color out of space is a color that we've never seen. Right. Richard Stanley said that it was it would be like hearing a noise that you've never heard. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Like. Uh-huh. Because it's like maybe, oh, he compared it to ultraviolet light and uh, what's the other one? What, magenta or something? No, 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 no. Just different types of, of, of light hitting things. Oh, I don't know. We may not see certain colors because it's on a different ultraviolet light and what other light there might be out there that we wouldn't see it the way that we would so it's a color that you've never unimaginable color Uh which is what he tried to do which 
essentially is like magenta. Uh-huh. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But dude, when they melted together, what did you think about that? Did you like that scene? I well, I didn't. I understood what was going on, but it didn't get cool until they were up in the attic. Right. Well, they were on the couch, and you just hear Jack just like, hear, <laughs> like the whole for like five ten minutes. And then it's dude. like, why are you guys going to the hospital? <laughs> like they tried. Remember the the fucking the car wouldn't start. Oh, that's right. I forgot. That's yeah, right. he was like, "Bad news, car won't start." <laughs> and then, and then he was like, "And the light was hurting them, so they took him up to the attic." Right. Yeah, because it was that was that was crazy, dude. Well, no, what? No, it didn't get really crazy though until a little bit after that. So, like, you see the little boy on her back, right? And he's like got an arm coming out the front of her and an arm on the back and a leg poking out on the back. And in they had the little kid in that fucking suit with her, tied them together and put them on the couch. And they said that it was really difficult to shoot that because he was a child uh-huh. and they couldn't do it for long periods of time. So right. they had to do what they could within the time frame that they were allotted. Mm-hmm. because he said it was like the worst the kid said it was the worst thing he had to do oh i bet i'm i'm sure they probably strapped a dummy to her they did have too. they did have one and when they go to the attic i noticed that his leg and shit were like yeah we're like Ooh. yeah it looked like a wire leg or yeah. something but it was cool though i still yeah, liked it was. It. it was <laughs> and just hearing him screech and like because, like, in the story, they talk about how Jack is staring at the well, right. but he was also screaming uncontrollably. Right. So he wasn't, like, you know, like, just fucking screaming. So this is Richard Stanley's way of, like, merging them together because technically Jack doesn't merge with her in the story. Uh-huh. And I liked that. I yeah, thought I that was too. cool. That was cool. It made it more tragic. Um, right. And then they go up to the fucking attic. Right. And she's changing over the course of all these other fucking crazy events that are happening. His skin's changing on his arms. He's like scratching it and rubbing whiskey on it. Oh, Nick Cage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looked like my Fitbit rash. <laughs> Do you think I'm changing? Dude, that's some fucking bad rash if you got that. <laughs> Jesus. It looked like scabs all over his arms. <laughs> yeah, it was gross. But yeah, when she changes into that, that eight-legged fucking... That was cool. Spider. Immediately, it was like the thing. It reminded, you know what, in a way, it kind of reminds me of some of those live action, uh, Japanese animation sort of live action films when they did that. Because like, they go crazy. Like there's a movie called oh, I don't know. Wicked City where they have a spider woman. Uh-huh. And it kind of just harkened back to that to me a little bit. Not that it borrowed from it because it was totally different. Uh-huh. But um, but yeah, that was really that fucking cool. That because they what what was it? They had Ward and the sheriff show up, and they know shit's gone fucking bananas, right? And they go upstairs to check, and they find her in the room. He was like, "Look out!" He kicks the door open, and then it, it comes darting at them, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, because the girl's up there. She he uh, Nick right. Cage's character, Left. the father, locks her up there. Right? They and, locked him in there. With yeah. Her. Yeah. Which has got to be one of the most unsettling fucking things to have ever experienced at that point in time. You know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, my well, God. Didn't they, didn't uh, the dad say something about we need to feed her? Didn't he say something like that? Yeah. He said, shut up and get in there and feed your mom. Yeah. Feed your mom. And I immediately was like, oh, my God, she's got to eat her. Yeah. She's got to eat her. That's what I think he was trying to say. Yeah. But 
he also didn't realize that he was doing that because he goes back downstairs and then pretends that they're all sitting on the couch. Because he was his losing mind. his mind. Yeah, exactly. He was losing his mind. Right, which I thought was kind of cool. Like, how do you describe that kind of thing, in my opinion? Is, like, him switching back and forth between cool guy and... Or, crazy. Or nice dad and fucking crazy dad was, like, pretty cool. Like, it's... He's, like, that was... He was a good choice for this role because, like, losing your shit like that. Mm-hmm. But then he goes up. The, the, the sheriff and the ward guy go up to get her out of the fucking thing and then the then nick cage's character the dad shoots her in the face and her head explodes while she's on top of the daughter lavinia and then the the son who was attached to her was still alive right this is the part that i was like holy shit this movie anytime they kill kids in movies i am i just appreciate it because that's the that is a symbol not that i enjoy kids dying it is the you do it's well, I, it, <laughs> I do because it's like all hope is lost. But like, I feel like the kid had already died, and that wasn't him. Well, he was glowing like yeah. purple and shit like that. But he's like, Daddy! and he's like, puts the fucking shotgun to the kid's head. You don't see it. They right. pull. He pulls the trigger, and he's like, <laughs> "That's not my family." And I'm like. <laughs> Holy shit, I don't know how I feel right now. Like <laughs> like I'm laughing kind of and like uh, like exhilarated. Like most movies don't do that. They're right. like so worried that it's going to upset somebody and it, it it shouldn't because that's that's how you lose hope. Right. Shoot a child, you know what I mean? Like that's some dark shit. But yeah, that fuck. I'm trying to think of what else that we had that was really cool. Didn't didn't the sheriff's head get blown off? No, he got yanked up into a tree. Oh, he got yanked up I, into a tree. Yeah. That was good. I thought that was... I remember you grabbed my arm when that happened. You were like... <gasps> I was like, calm down, Alex. Yeah, because it just kept coming, man. Like, like I wanted it to go those places. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's, that's how... Like, here's an example. You got Evil Dead, okay? Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, whatever. There's always been a presence out there in the woods. And right. I feel like they kind of captured that kind of thing by having all these random occurrences happening uh-huh. from one living creature to another, whether it be a tree, a cat, a fucking alpaca. Oh, yeah, the cat. You know, whether it be humans, whether uh-huh. it be just light. Uh, I mean, or an egg that bursts out a fucking weird bug that has tentacles. And, and how about that fucking, oh, yeah. what I want to know from you guys is, is if you've seen this and you know this part, they show a scene where all these worms are on another planet, like teeming all over the surface of the planet. And there's like this, like arch in the middle of it, which I thought. In a way, even though it's not the same, I wonder, cause I remember the story, the lurker at the threshold. Um, which is another H.P. Lovecraft no- novel. And it's about this arch that's just like that in the fucking... It's probably that. I wonder. Because, well, think of... He's such... He's he's very detail-oriented. And he puts things in his movies for a reason. I read a thing that Richard Stanley... Um, Nick Cage, the color of his coffee cup, he made to purposely match the daughter's hair for some reason. Like, who fucking does that? 
Richard Stanley, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so I'm sure it's the arch that you're thinking of. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. that. I didn't think about that until literally just now. Uh-huh. Uh, because I'm like, you know, I was just blown away by the movie. So there's, it's all sort of coming back to me now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was like shell-shocked by the movie. So, but what do you guys think? Like, what was that? Because Richard Stanley did say that these three movies are going to be within the same universe. So they are going to be connected in some way. And... He's probably going to have that Ward guy continue on. There is talk of Nick Cage coming back for one of the other movies for the Dunwich Horror as a different character. But I I don't know that he would be the main one. I know they picked a couple of new people. Some people. I thought it was like, wasn't it like Kate Blanchett or something like that? I have no idea. I don't know. But I'm excited, dude, because if you guys have ever read the Dunwich Horror uh, I'm not, I've never been the hugest fan of it, but it has been a while since I've read it and I forgot what was in it. And Richard Stanley kind of divulges it. And I almost don't want to tell you guys because it, it let's just say this, it, it involves aliens and, uh, like hybrid people. We'll just say that. And it also has Yog Sothoth. Well, I hope it's not as slow. Oh <laughs> my God. Get the fuck out! <laughs> 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 oh my god and another thing that i really want to point out is that the end of the movie was really cool like i know that it wasn't like the most perfect effects but seeing that fucking light shoot up out of the well into the sky was really cool and then they had like fucking like the the world like reality was fucking smearing which i thought was just so fucking awesome and, and nick cage just pounding his fish against the fucking roof as the music's like I was delighted. Yes, it was cool. People should see this. All right, guys. Look, I'm. this is obviously, if you've listened this far to the end, I love you guys. Like, seriously, thank you. And if you need somebody to talk about the movie with, just hit up Alex. Yeah, I'll set up a video camera. We can have a little jerk sesh together. Whatever you want. We'll have some good times. Um, it'll It'll be a blast. Please, I'm so sick of him talking about this movie to me, and I was there. You don't need to continue on. Yeah. No, it's going to be good. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'll I'll remember that when you find your favorite movie. What is it? Black Sheep? Oh, this movie did make me want to watch Black Sheep because of alpacas. I love Black Sheep. He's popping them in the face and shit. (laughs) He's got blood all over his face. (laughs) We should review. We should review Black Sheep. Uh, We will one day. We got some stuff that we need to review. I know we're behind. We're really behind, actually. I want to watch. Uh, I think we might be doing Tammy and the T Rex and Carnivore next week, guys. All right. So Tammy and the T Rex is on Shutter, I believe, right now. Um, and then uh, Carnivore, I think, is only on YouTube. I gotta figure out if we can rent it or not because I want it the best quality if I can because I want to watch these two T Rex weird movies or whatever. So Plus, I've not seen T- Tammy and the T Rex, and it's one of those so bad it's good films. I'm kind of looking for forward to it so if you guys want a heads up on what we're watching there you go what did you think of the movie did you uh, agree with some of the things that i said christina said like where were you uh, do you hate christina now do you want me to punch her no, i'm kidding, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, that's funny i would never it's uh, hilarious. She, she hits me though guys just yes so you know. i do um i just take it you know i just take it <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> 
Anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming by this week. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. Definitely let us know what you think in the comment section down below. The code word for this week is... These are fucking alpacas! <laughs> okay? These are fucking alpacas. But, uh... Bye! Thank you, guys. We'll <laughs> see you, you next time. Bye. And as always... Long live the void. to be